Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Two guys, one cup. Episode 49. Congratulations to us, I guess. It's been a fucking year. We have made it a year. Me and Rock have not killed each other. It's good. We've we've seen each other in person a couple of times with alcohol involved. Um, Unfortunately, we haven't had the chance to play hockey against each other yet. So we'll see see where the friendship goes at that point. But um, listen, I'll give my take real quick on on where I'm at mentally today. Um, Obviously, you know, after Saturday, it sucked. Listen, it sucked. Like the weekend, the weekend was killed after Saturday. We're sitting here. We're recording this on Tuesday evening. I've had my chance to calm down, take a deep breath. I got a good night's sleep last night. I'm refreshed and I'm and I'm happy with I'm happy with the totality of where this season went, where we're going. Rock, how you doing, man? How are you, how are you feeling right now on Tuesday? Uh, oh man, um, it's uh, it's a very strange feeling, and I don't know if you kind of feel the same way where. We've been on this emotional roller coaster for essentially what two months it feels like, or maybe more. Um, and uh, it's weird. It's it's weird to not have any type of Ranger hockey. Yeah. Um, but you know, sitting back and, and reflecting on it, and, and for me, I, I really started reflecting on this season after Game Five because I just felt like that was the nail in you know the nail in the coffin. Um, and I was upset the, at, at first. And I think, you know, if, if you take out of the equation the fact that they went up 2-0, if you take up to the, out of the equation the fact that, you know, they uh, had a 2-0 lead in game three, um, if we, you could have signed up for this at the beginning of the playoffs, I think you would have. 100%. Um, and it, you, you got to be proud and you got to be – um, and I'm, I'm usually the most negative person on the planet and you know that, but I mean, I'm so proud of the effort the team put forward. Um, there are things I don't like. There are things I didn't, uh, that I saw that I didn't like. We'll get into that. Yep. But, um, as far as the young players con- are, are concerned, including Kako, including Philip Heedle, who we both, you know, been on over for in a lot of ways, Lafreniere, Braden Schneider, Keandre Miller, Lingren, Fox. Uh, the future of the players under 25 on this team, the future's bright. They might not necessarily all be here. And if you remember 2012, when they first made their first run, there are a lot of guys that were on that team that were not here either the next season or when they were ready to really make their, their push in 14 and 15. So right. all in all, um, a proud Papa today, no pun intended. <laughs> Uh, and uh, just very happy with uh, with the season and, and where the t- team did. And, and I always joke around and go, you know, the, the off season is so long sometimes for us. So we're essentially we're we're you know three weeks from the draft and we're four weeks from free agency. So crazy. The Rangers did their job by you know extending our off season and giving us stuff to talk about. Exactly. I got, I'm not gonna lie. I was, this was exhausting for me. This every oh, other day. I mean, don't sure. get me wrong. I loved it. I, I, what now that it's over and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I, it's hard to explain. Like it was literally, it was getting physically exhausting. I'm sitting there going to every home game, yeah, drinking more often than I normally would because mm-hmm. I'm going to every home game. Like, yeah. I tried to do it sober twice. I, I lasted the train and that was it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, physically just exhausted from all this. 
And, you know, now that it's over, obviously I would, I would have loved to have kept going, you know, I had tickets booked to go to uh game seven in Colorado. I'll, you know, not have to try and sell those on uh, StubHub or Ticketmaster. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to jinx it by saying it, by by saying it to anybody. Well, you kind of hinted it to me yeah. uh, through text. They I, were thirteen hundred. They were thirteen hundred bucks a piece to sit on the roof, on the fucking roof. But it was Game Seven of the Stanley Cup, and if we were there, thirteen hundred dollars was, yeah, that would have been a bucket. Che- that would have been cheap compared to what they would have been if I waited. Oh, they would have been ten grand. No, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about Dal- Denver. Um, no, their prices are the same as ours. Oh, are they? Are oh they? God, okay, they were so. Well. You're more, the, you're more tapped into that than me. I know for Tampa Bay, they definitely aren't going to be that I much. bought the cheapest ticket available on Ticketmaster. Yeah. It was $1,300. Yeah. Yeah, listen, we 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 came within inches. Um, again, you know, I don't want to sit here and start trashing the team, but they got to learn. And and we, they've been they've been guilty of this pretty much. Even, even, even when the team was good. They right. these, had these teams. They would go seven games. You can't play every season, every series, seven games. This is, where, this is where it was different with this it team. It wears you the, down. This team, the first round, this team was learning how to play in the playoffs. There was an okay. education that went on. Fair. So, that, so they had to play catch up and, and drag it to seven games. So like what I always felt like what you're talking about you know, early, in the early 2010s decade where we were just no matter who we played, it was going seven games every time. Mm-hmm. It was usually us dragging our feet on a team we that win, we're we better win game than. Two. Yeah, we win game one, we lose game two. We win game three, we lose game four. Right. We lose game. I mean, it was just you know, it was back and forth. It was it was they can never win two games in a row. Correct. Correct. And that was that was a problem essentially until 2014 right. when they finally beat the Montreal Canadiens in six games because every other series went seven. Right. So this was the opposite. We were, we were down in both series chasing, you know, just to try and force game seven so that we can come back and win. It was more or less like had, had Pittsburgh beaten us or had Carolina beaten us, they would have been the team that just couldn't put us away. We weren't trying to put someone away. We were trying to catch up and, and just overcome. I, I, I do look at this as a missed opportunity in this, this sense. You beat Pittsburgh with a third-string goalie and Crosby out the last two games. Correct. Shouldn't have gone seven games. It did. Like you said, valid point. They were learning how to play. Young guys, Igor, all that stuff. Right. Carolina, again, facing a third, a second-string goalie who was a decent goalie, but he definitely saw you know, his warts in, in games five, six, and seven. Uh, maybe it was six and seven, excuse me. Okay. Uh, again, took advantage of the situation where – you know, maybe Freddie Annis is in goal. Maybe that. Maybe they don't win that series. Just you know, just hypothetically speaking. Okay. Then they go into Tampa. They're up two games to none. Two zero in, in game three. No Braden Point. I mean, it's a missed yeah. opportunity. It really is. And then let's let's fast forward. If they were to play Colorado, who knows how Kemper is? And no Nazem Kadri. So. They missed a a, a, they missed a very good opportunity. They did. to beat to play a team. Now, granted. Seven game series is, and I've said this, and I've said this to a friend of mine uh, Saturday night while we were watching the game. Do the Rangers win the cup in 94? They have to go seven games to the Islanders and seven games to Washington and then have to play the, that, that. The series from hell the against crazy the Devils. Devil team. Yeah. Because the Devils essentially took, you know, took a lot out of them where 
That Vancouver series should have never have gone seven games. Never. Well, never well, we gone up, seven games. Well, we were up 3-1. It was – we took our foot off the gas, I thought. That's probably part of it too. Yeah. But the but part, they were fresh. part of the matter is you cannot go seven games every single series. You no. can't. You can't. And where Colorado to me has a, has an advantage in the in the series is they've only played fourteen games, fourteen games. It's crazy, right? They swept uh, the Predators. They took the Blues to to two uh, to six, and they swept Edmonton. Know, and you and I talked about crazy. this. You and I talked about this that the Western Conference was Colorado drop off, Calgary drop off. I don't care. St. Louis is to me was a paper tiger all along with their goaltending. I wasn't sold on Billy Huso, but to me, again, to go back to what I was saying, this was a missed opportunity, it was. and it just you never you never know when you're going to get back there. You don't look at Dallas. Dallas was in inches of going to the Stanley Cup final. Inches with Jamie Ben on uh, with the the wraparound that he just missed. Inches. Right. St. Louis goes on to win the cup that year. And, and in Dallas, I don't think has been past the first round since then. Am I right? Weren't they in the cup final? Weren't they in the cup? Weren't they just in a cup final, Dallas? Or am I completely off on that? You might be right. Hold on. Let me think here for a minute. Who do they do they play Tampa in the cup final? It was you might big. be right. Rick Bonus. Yeah. You might be right. I'm sorry. I apologize. I take that back. I take that back. I was thinking of something else. I was I was bad bad on my part. I was just thinking of a team, and I, I don't know why Dallas was the one that jumped into my mind. They lost to Tampa in the in the COVID Cup, right? No, I thought Montreal lost to them in the COVID Cup. No, no, in the bubble. They lost to them in the bubble, right? Dallas lost to lost to Tampa Bay in the bubble. Wait, wasn't the finals in the bubble Montreal and Tampa? No, that was last year. That was last year. No, Montreal. Would, oh, right, because the divisions were all fucked up. That's right, right. That's right. Yes. No, the bubble yeah. was Dallas. Correct. Okay. All Correct. right. So then I, I take that back. Okay. I apologize. That's bit. That's I, very. Boring. I knew. I knew they were there, and I just couldn't remember it because I remember it being uh, what's his name in goal, uh, Kadobin. Yeah. That wound up, you know, stepping in. What and the took, hell was I thinking then? That's really bad on my part that I've messed that up. But anyway, but um, you were correct in when the Blues won that they that they beat. St. Louis. That uh, no, I know Dallas. that, but I, I, yeah. for, you know, honestly, do, I, for, I honestly, I don't even watch the Cup final sometimes. I, it's bad on my I part. I won't watch it. I forgot. This final. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. That's who Tampa Bay Bay played in that final. Yeah. Part but, of it's uh, because I'm really sick of hearing Ray Ferraro and, and McDonough talk. I, I mean, it, it was hard to endure for the uh, the road games for the Rangers. You know, the, one of the great things about going to all these games, I didn't have to hear the fucking announcers. Which, yeah. So. I'm yeah. certainly not going to give them uh, my ratings or my time for the Stanley Cup Finals to watch the team that beat us. Ray, for, listen, we, 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 we can speak at this at nausea. Ray Ferraro hates the Rangers for multiple reasons. Yep. He's never going to give them any credit. Nope. He's never going to be – the only one he actually waxed poetic about was Igor. Right. Um, and that's really been it. I mean he hates the franchise. He He got traded when he didn't want to be. And he's hated them ever since. So I, I don't put any credence in anything he says. And honestly, it was a waste for him to, to be calling that game because it, he was so biased towards yep. towards them. It wasn't even funny. Makes me miss Doc Emmerich, which is amazing. Yeah, well, God, I don't miss him ladling puck into the zone or waffle boarding <laughs> or the other crap he used I'll take to say. That. I will take that over, over Sean McDonough and Ferraro any day of the week. 
I miss Eddie Olchuk. That's who I miss. Yeah. At least, you know, he was an ex-Ranger, but he wasn't biased by any stretch. He told it like it was. But, again, it's a proud moment. Like you said, I, I think I still think it's a missed opportunity, even though I foobarred the whole Dallas analogy. That was bad on my part. I should have brought a different one. Uh, but, again, you never know when you're going to get back there. No. You know, uh, you know, Philly was in the cup final with Michael Layton against Chicago. I mean, you still never know when you're going to get back there. So, so question I got for you. Mm-hmm. Because this seems to be the hot button topic in in Ranger Twitter land the last uh, forty eight hours or so. Right. Do you have any problem at all with uh, Gallant not having like a one to one or heart to heart with Kako about him not being dressed for Game Six? I uh, yeah, I do. I have a problem with it. Oh, uh, and see, I don't. I, I do have a problem. I'm going to say this because this is this is just my personal thing. Okay. I think Kako played okay. I don't think he was. I don't. I think he had his moments. Um, he made. A, he set up Hedl for a, a, what should have been a tip, in, a tap in, in, in game. Was it game five? I guess. Yep. Yes. Um, and he he just missed. Kako made a phenomenal play from Hedl with Hedl from behind the net in game one. Kako with that great touch pass goal in game two. You know, the kids were what, what was carrying this team in this series, um, and to put him in again for Dry, for Dryden Hunt, which. I just don't understand the infatuation with that guy. Well, no, though that wasn't my question. My question was, did you have a problem with him not talking to Kako about not playing him? I would have. I mean, I think it would have been, you know, I think it would have been the right thing to do to let the kid know that he wasn't playing. You know, and I don't like the decision. I don't like. I don't like what he did on the, that really yeah, no, that whole game. The decision is totally Trump different. Should have never played in that game. Correct. Yeah, the decision's totally different from the non I mean, from the I, guess, I guess it's semantics. I mean, I, I don't really think it's a that big a deal um, in you. the grand scheme of things. But uh, he should have said something to him. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. I don't think it's the end of the world. But uh, I think he's owed some kind of an explanation. I don't think Kako was, was that played that poorly. Um, Why was he owed an explanation more than Ryan Reeves or anyone else? You don't think he had a conversation with Ryan Reeves? No. You don't think Gallant had a conversation with Ryan Reeves? I disagree with that. He definitely had a conversation with Ryan Reeves. And Ryan Reeves, listen, I hate hate saying this. I was 150% right. When the games got tough, his legs got light, uh, heavy, and he couldn't keep up. No, he couldn't. It's 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 a freaking problem, and now this team has to carry on that dead cap space for again for one more year. Which again, I never understood that that extension. Uh, but listen, I don't like. I think I think Gallant adjusted after the Pittsburgh series, where I think I, a lot of questions were answered, where he had no answers for Crosby. And I still believe if Crosby plays that series, then I don't think they win. Again, I think I think they've got. Listen, you and I have sat here on multiple times where you you need to get lucky. You need to have puck luck. You need to get lucky. Tampa Bay got lucky in this series. A lot of Sinai goals. Sam Coast goal off his shin guard after Igor made the save. I mean, you can't it, – It's the. I, I mean, I've watched hockey a long time. I, that is the luckiest goal I've, I may have ever seen where he makes the save. The puck bounces – Hits his shin guard and goes into the net 11 seconds after you tie the game. I mean, what? I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, it's the luckiest goal. I mean, they got so lucky towards the end of that, the last two games of that series, which goes to show you they just, they just, it wasn't, it just wasn't their time. 
It wasn't their it time. It wasn't their moment. And they ran out of gas, man. Like you said, but the seven games just you can't keep doing it. You can't let every game go to seven games. You can't. Too much chance for injury, as you right. saw. They started to wear down. Heedle was hurt. Strong but, was hurt. But here's what I Goudreau. don't understand. Here's what I don't understand. So you have all these seven-game series. Why are you still playing your top six so many goddamn minutes in all of these games and still only playing the kid line, you know, 12 minutes, 11 minutes? He didn't trust them, Sean. I, I don't get how. He just doesn't trust them. Quinn did the same thing. Vigneault did the same thing. They, they go with who they trust. They go with who they trust. Oh. They're going to have to figure they burnt, something they burnt out. They that guys out. I mean, if the minutes were a little more evenly, evenly uh, dispersed, especially in games where we had leads, you know, would have been helpful. Well, what? How many? How many? We have to go back and look at it. But I wonder how many minutes Zabinajad and, and Panarin played in. Mika was game playing one. like twenty-five minutes a night in game one. I don't know about game one, but in general, I think he was playing like twenty-three to twenty-five minutes a night. Oh, well. Listen, and here's I, the and, and here's the biggest glaring problem that I have with the entire postseason makeup of this team. I said it on uh, Twitter and Facebook, obviously way before this podcast. When we made the decision to sign Panarin, the first thing that I said was he he's never been a playoff guy. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that I said. I mean. I, I'm sure I could check my Twitter and, and find find the uh, what do they call it the receipts? Find the receipts that it was a criticism that I had about the move at that point. And then I had people go, no, 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 he was really good in the in the you know when Columbus uh, took care it was they took care of Tampa in the four games. Mm-hmm. He was really good. Blah 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 blah. Artemi Panarin is like a plus one thirty or plus one forty for his career. And we're only listen, nobody in the world is ever gonna debate Panarin's success and abilities on the power play. When he has time and space on the power play, he is an all world elite talent and 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 producer. So plus minus is not a perfect stat, but if you're just gonna talk about five on five, then plus minus is valid. And the guy has never been a minus his entire career. Not one season in his career has he ever been a minus. He's a plus okay. 130 for his, for his career. In the postseason for his career, he's a minus 14. His first year in the league with Chicago when they went to the playoffs, he was a plus two. That's the only time he's been a plus in six years of being in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, I want to get into him anyway. Yeah, I have a major problem with, with Panarin. I and too. people can sit there and say he's hurt. Listen, his legs his legs were the same as the, as his legs were all season. So if it was an upper body injury, so be it. But his legs just his legs didn't move. And every time he made a backhand pass, it was a turnover. His turnovers to to his takeaways to giveaway ratio, I think his giveaways were forty three. I think it was forty three to six or forty three to thirteen, something like that. Wow. It was that bad. Wow. Where he'd always had a positive takeaway to, to giveaway ratio. Again, these are analytics. I'm not big into them, but I mean, this just supports the eye test. We all saw every time he threw the puck cross ice, it was picked off and going the other way. He looked like Mark Sanchez yeah. throwing passes last <laughs> year with the Jets. Yeah. Um, the problem with Panarin, and I and I I thought I knew we were going to talk about this tonight, so I really Good. sat back and I thought about this. You need him in the regular season, just like you needed Rick Nash, 
just like you needed Marion Gabrick. You needed you need those guys in the regular season. The problem with the three of them specifically, because those are the three guys in most recent history. Now Panarin does have a game seven winner, which and so and Gabrick has an overtime winner. Again, which is, you know, isn't isn't anything to slouch about. On the power. Play. Other other than other than those two moments for those two guys, they were both nowhere to be found in the playoffs. And you can throw Rick Nash in there as well. Now I don't know why. I don't understand I don't I don't know if it's the fact that teams just key on them, but if you saw, if you watch these playoffs, take take Carolina out of the equation. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. No, because a- Asshole was their best player. Crosby was their best player. Kucherov was their best player. Those three teams who two of us, two of them lost to us, one of them beat us. But their best players were their best players. And Panarin got a complete pass by not only not only the Ranger fans. The Ranger beat writers, but the national media didn't say a word about how how, bore, how bad he was in these playoffs. Not a word. Not Friedman on 32 Thoughts. Not Jeff Merrick. Not Saravelli. Not Darren Dreger. Nobody. A complete and utter pass on this playoffs because he scored one goal on an injured Tristan Jari in overtime on a power play. Right. Because he had 16 points in 20 games. So okay, when they just look when they just look at that, it's well he wasn't that short, bad. Look at his last two goals he scored. One of them was in a 3-1 three, three or 4-1 loss on a on a 6 on 4. And the one before right. that was the sick was the fifth goal. Right, before the empty netter by Cop. In game 1 against Tampa Bay. No, yeah. against Tampa Bay. No, I'm saying in game 1 before a Cop had the empty netter. The Cop scored an empty netter in game 1? Was it game 1 that he had the empty no. netter? Or I don't was it think Mott so. that had it? Or was it Mott had an empty netter against Carolina. So who had the empty netter in game one? Anyway, but yes. It wasn't so an empty netter. Fi- the Jets scored the fifth, the sixth goal on the power play. The The thing is, is that he's just got a complete pass from 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 everybody. Everybody. They, they complained that Meek's offense dried up. They complained that Crider's offense dry, dried up. But And Fox. But nobody mentioned him. And I'm saying to myself... All right, I get it. I understand, you know, Strom being hurt, Cop not being at 100%. Did that play a factor? So I'm going to reserve judgment for this playoffs round series until next year. Okay. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But they need to figure out who's going to be his second-line center. And I believe they need to bring in somebody who is a grinder, a JT Miller type center or a center with size, a Blake Wheeler type guy who can create space for him. Because these small guys that he likes to play with, whether it's Colin Blackwell or Jesper Faust or Strom, they're they're not they're not conducive in the playoffs. Right. And, and this Larry has Brooks to be about perfectly. the playoffs going forward. A hundred and fifty percent. And the other thing the national media has, which I, and even the range of beat writers, is they're talking, is it Cop or Strom? I think it's neither. It shouldn't be either. I think it's neither. And I like Andrew Cop. I do. And if there was a, if there was an abundant amount of cap space, I would bring back Cop, Toronto, and Mott. Right. But there isn't. So I don't think you, – you saw that this team wore down. 
Now, was injuries a factor? Was playing every day a factor? Probably. You know, you just saw what you need to do to win a championship. Correct. Now go out and do it. This is see the thing is this two C spot is there. If you want to go through the guys and say Kreider, okay, Kreider's a great leader, but he's not really an alpha. Mika seems to be a great leader, not really an alpha. Panarin, maybe he's a leader, maybe he's not. Certainly not an alpha. They don't really Truba. Truba is the closest thing they may even have to an alpha, and he's really not an alpha. This team is missing that one guy that's just going to stand up, grab his balls, and, and address the team or or inflict pain on the ice on someone else that just you know changes momentum. You know, Brad Marchand is like that with with Boston. Something's not going right, and you could sit there and we could call him a rat, and we could call him all these other things. If he were a fucking ranger, I'd love him because if shit's not going right, he's going to figure out a way to change it. He's, he's just going to go do it. He's and Sean Avery with more talent. Right, and we just don't have that guy. So, And no. you can't have that guy be Ryan Reeves on the fourth line. You can't have no. that guy be Tyler Mott on the fourth line or Goudreau on the third line. It's got to be someone in your top six that, that can take initiative and be that guy. So this 2C signing or trade, whoever this is going to be, He's got to be that. That has to be part of the package that you're getting. Is someone that, when things aren't going right, I can I know that I can change momentum, whether it's physically, or just refusing to be denied on the ice and scoring a big goal. One of those two things. Because Kreider, I I mean, we both love Kreider. We were love both Kreider. ecstatic when he was signed. Yes, fifty two goal season this year, amazing. He still has yet to skate hard in the playoffs. This for some for whatever reason I don't know if he got hurt accepting the Stephen McDonald award I don't know what happened to him but the Kreider we saw for 81 games during the regular season we did not see in the playoffs we didn't see it he scored big goals I I, I give him that listen he, in big moments he still showed up with big deflections with a big shot he still he still managed to score some goals you know in in big spots and crazy enough he's second all time. In goals and elimination games, which is that's because they always play game seven. It's, it's true. How many? Game, how many? Sean, Sean, you and I have to sit here when we have some free time and go through how many game sevens Chris Kreider has played in since he's been here since 2012. A lot. All right. He has to play in at least ten game sevens. Close to it, right? Conservatively, yeah. Something like that. I mean, it's it's crazy. Or how many elimination games has he played yeah. in? I mean, it's it's just. It's it's a it just it just amazes me that this team can't it, it know new coach new goalie new new cast of characters still can't put teams away right. still can't put teams away. So listen, it's it's something they're going to need to work on. I'm I'm happy the team got the experience. I'm happy that um, you know that the young players got to got to experience what it was like to play in a playoff series. And now we know what it's going to take to win. We know now. Right. The question is, is what direction is this team going? Who do they get? What are the options are? Um, who who stays? Who goes? And there's there's just a lot of gonna be a lot of moving parts. And maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they say, you know what, we'll go gonna do what we did last offseason, where they added essentially added Goudreau, right. Blay, and Reeves, and and they called it a day. You know, you do have Kratzer coming back on a one-way deal. So he's going to be cheap and God only knows they need cheap talent next season. 
you know, and they, they signed this guy, this guy, uh, how do you pronounce his name again? Rydell? Gustav Rydell. Rydell. Like that. Something yeah, like Bobby that. Ry- Bobby Rydell. Bobby Rydell. Um, who people are already penciling as their fourth line center. And, and guys, please temper your enthusiasms for these guys. He's 26 or 27 years old. Yep. He's on a one-year contract. We've seen this story before. So please, I know there's people out there going crazy for this guy. Relax. Well, they're comparing him and saying both his story and his style of play is a lot like uh, Belmar from okay. Tampa. Listen, if, if it he works out. He didn't make out, the league till he was 29, Belmar. If, if it works out, Sean, right. I'll be, like I always say that I'll be skipping through the meadows. You know that. Yes. But um, Where are these meadows? Uh, just you know, so, you know, it's on I mean, the way to, it's, listen, it's on, can, the, on the way to the seat. That we, we can wait, hold on, hold on. This, we can make this because for guys, guys, if you if you check that's a Facebook site. We just did this today um, since it was the first the uh, the end of the first year of the show. Uh, we have set up a Patreon. Like I said, mm-hmm. we don't want to have to do ad reads and stuff like that, but the stuff does get expensive. So I'm Michael Silver's Alec. Is it Heidel Hindel? I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, Alec. Um, but they've already jumped on board and subscribed Wonderful. to Patreon for yeah. us. Thank you guys. Good, we good appreciate guys. the support. Two really good guys. We talk to both um, of them all the time. It, it's in the Facebook group. It's patreon.com slash 2G1C for anyone who's not in the Facebook group and would like to contribute. Anything is – anything is is I mean a dollar a month is helpful, dude. Um, but we may have to make like a $50 a month thing. Um, if you do <laughs> sign up to the uh, the Excalibur package – you can skip through the meadows with rock, and we will we will find out where these meadows are. Maybe it's by we'll the meadowlands in New Jersey, but skipping through there's the meadows no, with rock. There's definitely the, no uh, meadows in Jersey. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find we'll some meadows. The, we'll just... skip to the pine barrens and find the Russian in the woods. <laughs> you will be able to skip through the meadows with rock. You will be able to throw the baby out with the bathwater with rock. Yes. <laughs> and people, yes. random people, will fall on rock. And he will have to try and name them. This exactly. is the $50 a month package on Patreon. And you'll get to watch a football game with me. <laughs> watch a football game. I try to explain, you'll have to try to explain to me how, what the hell the point is. Would you be more well-versed in watching the NBA Finals or football or Super Bowl? NBA would you, Finals. Would you I'd really? I'd rather watch basketball. Yeah. Wow. I don't like football. I don't like the sport. Wow. I don't find it interesting. I don't. Sean, I know you're a big football guy, and I apologize. And I apologize for all our listeners who are big football fans. I just cannot get into the sport. I just, they take the ball, they throw it down the field, the guy gets tackled. Okay. All right. Now what? Then they stop, they huddle for 15 minutes. I just don't, I don't find it interesting. I don't think it's an interesting sport. And I think if you took gambling out of the sport and told people, all right, you can't buy Super Bowl boxes, you can't do anything. Right, right, right. To me, it's all about gambling. And it's more about gambling. Then people watch the Super Bowl because they bought a box, not because they actually give a it's rat's true. ass about the game. Uh, no, 100%. It's so, a spectacle, the Super Bowl. Yes. It is. Listen, God bless. If you like okay. the sport, I mean, I get shitted on at work all the time because I, I hate how much I hate football. Um, I just don't I just don't like it. Yeah. And we sit here and we – listen, you and I critique three games. Imagine listening to WFAN and, you know, when you're younger and hate football and have them critique the same game for six days. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like torture. But you had to but like, anyway. but you had to like the uh, the Mike Francesa football picks uh, music in the background. Right? Oh God! You know, I, I did like Mike. I did like when Mike in the marquee when when Dog used to wake wear the wig, the powdered wig. 
and do Mike and the Marquee. <laughs> I, I did. I did find joy in that. I did. Okay. Okay. So this- I did like that part. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'd rather watch the NBA than, than football. So There you go. There you go. So, which comes back to the skipping through the meadows package on Patreon, yes. patreon.com slash 2G16. Because <laughs> oh, guys, man. guys, listen, I, I mean, if no one else does, then Rock's going to have to start reading like Tampax ads on here. Oh, and, yeah. Forgot it. You know, yeah, anger, man- anger management uh, facilities. Yeah. You know, we'll have, yeah, to, we'll we have definitely- to start doing ads. <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to do that. What was the what was the thing in Major League where if you need a good proctologist, yeah, left center field, <laughs> they come down to the ballpark. <laughs> oh man, that was great. But uh, yeah, too much fun. Listen I, again. I'm we're sitting here, we're laughing, and I guess that's what you can all, all you can expect. I mean, I think if you and I were to do a show after the, like our, our little post game shows that we used to do. Uh, during the regular season, I think we would feel a lot differently about th- that game that night. I think it would be a boring show. The reflection, to- the reflection is what w- really was the important part. Yeah, I think to make this really where 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 we are right now. Had we done a show on Saturday night, honestly, I was more at a loss for words. So I don't know that the show would have been great because I would have still been like processing everything, and there was no, it wasn't like I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. There, it wasn't a game where there was that instant, like, what the fuck type of – like, game five? Game five would have been an interesting post-game show because I was I was certainly irate after game five. Yeah. I don't think I've been that angry at a game in years. Both the crowd – I didn't even get to this with you guys. The crowd at game five – I've been to – I've only missed – I missed two home playoff games the entire playoffs. The crowds have been amazing. Amazing. And I I mean, just like Rock, I mean, I've been going to playoff games the last the last decade. You know, very rarely missing any. This has been by far the best year of consistent playoff crowds that I've ever seen and heard. Yeah. Um game five was a joke. You had so many people that were at game five that probably had never even seen Madison Square Garden before, had no idea where they were going. Had no idea the etiquette of being in a hockey game. They were standing when the puck was at center. I'm, my seats are right behind the net. You had people standing up in front of you that when the puck was at center ice. Like, yeah. Sit the fuck down. If it's in the corner, stop standing. Stare at the fucking screen. Like, just random nonsense. And then, to make matters 30 fucking times worse, with three minutes left in a tie game in game five, the pivotal game of the series, what goes on four seats next to me? Two fucking moronic Ranger fans throwing haymakers at each other. So now you have the entire – I'm in row 13. You have fucking 12 rows of morons instead of watching a hockey game in front of them that spend $1,000 a ticket for yeah. standing up and watching two Mama Lukes throw fucking haymakers at each other. Yeah. So what it's happens horrible. during this whole fracas? We lose the fucking game. I was so fuck like you when you throw all that in a blender, I literally wanted to fucking murder somebody after that game is over. And, and Sean, who do they lose this series to? Kucherov, Stamkos, and Palat. Yeah. That's who we lost this series to. Three people. And and Vasilevsky. And Vasilevsky. But listen, Vasilevsky did not have to make – he did not have to make a difficult save the last three games of the series. I mean, come on. I agree with you They there. want to sit here and, you know, they want to sit here and stroke this guy off. He's Marty Brodeur. I mean, essentially, he, 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 they played in front of an iron curtain. I mean, he didn't have to do anything. 
anything substantial. Anything. I agree with that. How many two-on-ones did he face? How many breakaways? Zero. Zero. No odd man rushes. So, listen, is he a good goalie? 100%. 100%. I had to have Elliot Friedman tell me, you know, hear that on his show today, too, how great Vasilevsky is. But you're as good as the team in front of you. Am I right or am I wrong? No, 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 you're, you're right. You don't think Mike Richter would have won all those cups with, 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 uh, with the Devil's defense in front of him? 100% he would have. I do th- 17 shots a game? I do think Vasilevsky is great, though. He's a great goalie, but did he have to be great in this series? No. Did he have to be spectacular? No. Their no. defense, they, they shut us down five on five. Which is, which is again, I mean, Yanni Ruda, I mean, who, can you even name the other defense? I mean, I know McDonough and Hedman and Sergeyship, but who's the other guy? Eric Chernak. Bogosian? Bogosian and Chernak. I mean, come on. Chernak's a good player. He's all right. He's okay. Bogosian having – it's funny because with Zach Bogosian, I played in a, an Atlantic City tournament years ago. With a guy who played uh, very, I forget what college he went to, or juniors. He played. He was friends with Bogosian and played with Bogosian. So whatever college or junior team Bogosian played on, so did this guy. And he, the guy that I played with, he wound up just making it to the East Coast Hockey League for four years before just getting sick of making fifteen grand a year. Anyway, right. long story short, he said it was like he always used to say with like with Bogosian, he goes, "The guy doesn't even like playing hockey. Like it's amazing that like he's." Sticking out for his career, third he's overall. Still pick. playing what? What? And fifteen he years is. later? Yeah, that's the crazy part. Every time I was like, I always felt he was going to be one of those guys who would be retired by twenty nine or thirty because he really didn't love playing. And he's one of the guys sticking around, you know, gray bearding for fucking cups. These are the guys that the that Rangers are going to need to find. Well, these grizzled, Braun. these they found Braun. and Braun was good for the playoffs. Braun was good up until that Bogosian play when Maroon scored. And now that, that's like the only thing people remember now. Right, right. Which is, which is, it is what it is. I mean, he the kept Nemeth like, on the people bench. People didn't like him to begin with. The Rangers have a problem with the sixth defenseman and the and the and the twelfth forward all the Did, time. It's you just the way Braun, it goes. You thought Braun caught a lot of shit from the fan base? Oh yeah, for that for that play. Oh god, oh, for I one never, play, oh. sure. But, but in general, I, he, he didn't get the wrath that Nemeth got. No, but he wasn't as egregious as Nemeth. Right. You know, I think he was I, egregious. I, I, I thought he was fine. He was fine. But people, the only thing they remember is that play. I, I'm telling you. I've heard it. I heard it from everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think Braun played fine. I think Braun played fine for a guy that's never played on his off on his off, you know, wing or his off uh, his side off. playing yes. defense. Um, I thought he was good. I mean, you didn't notice him. Exactly. You know, Nemeth had you know Nemeth has the second most penalties. On the team, and he I, hasn't played since Game Five of, and he only played twelve seconds in Game Five of the first <laughs> series. It's crazy. Second on the team in penalties. Yeah. What does that tell you? He's he can't, could he keep up? All right. So, so since we're on the since we're on that train of thought, what you, overall, what did you think of Truba's playoffs overall? Oh God. Um, has anyone thought, had more highs and more lows in no, one playoff? No, that's why I have to really sit back and think about it. I knew you were going to ask me this question because I knew it was going to come up. If you would have, if I were to give him a grade, mm-hmm. I would give him a B minus because I think that it's right in the middle. Right. I think I think you don't win Pittsburgh without him. I Correct. don't think you don't. I don't think you win Carolina without him. Nope. But against uh, against Tampa, he definitely he was not good. 
a his lot of hits. and he's big, but he takes some bad takes a lot of penalties. He does. He does. A lot of stick penalties. Yep. You know, that's he fatigue. Take- they took a lot of the team as a whole took a lot of fatigue penalties in the Tampa series. Right. You know, the reaching. So so you're hooking, you're holding, you're, you're so tripping. I don't again I'm gonna I'm giving everybody for the most part a pass on this playoffs. Because this is the first time this team has been there. Well, look at how deep they made it. I mean, there's so, there's yeah, no way to say it wasn't. Really... Even though they blew an opportunity, right? There's no way to say that this wasn't no. a successful playoffs. No, no. But you do see that there were certain things that stuck right. out. You know, we said Panarin already. We said, you know, I thought Truba had a very rough. I thought he had. A, I think he, I thought he had rough a couple of rough games, which right. kind of would bring the grade down. Well, um, the game we took the three penalties. Literally, that was the game. Right. So they got two power I mean, play goals out of it. That was that was it. Right. So that was the difference. I think long term, I think him and Panarin are going to be problems. And and I and I'm a Truba guy and I'm a Panarin guy. I love them both. But I think that I think that down the road that those two guys are going to be a little bit of a, a noose around our necks. We're going to see. Yeah. No, because if see. the young players do not progress. Then you're really in trouble. So I saw I say. saw all three young players on uh, forwards. You know the Cacos, the Heedles, the Lafreniere's, all become men in this playoffs. So I I have nothing but high expectations going. The forward problem, Sean, is you can't keep them all. You're going to have to trade one of those guys. We don't know that, and I don't want to get into uh, that yet. I don't want to go there yet. I'm we're not going to have to. We're not. We don't have to. But I'm just saying. I just don't think financially with between. Teams Kako, Kratzoff, Heedle, Lafreniere, and Miller, and Schneider. You're not going to be able to keep every one of those guys. And then also keep Truba, Kreider, Zabinajad, uh, Fox. I mean, you just, I just don't I think it's possible. I didn't say about keeping those, some of those older guys. Well, again, I mean, you don't want to get into it, but I'm just yeah. saying, it, it, to me, it's just going to be, it's going to be, you know, especially for the next couple of years until the cap goes up. And the cap's not going to go up. I mean, when it does go up, it ain't going up twenty million dollars. What's it going up? Five, six million? Five, five million's huge. Five million's huge. Five million's huge. It's going to all go to one guy. That's fine. That's one guy that you wouldn't have been able to keep. Then now you can. Yeah, I guess. Like I said, there's I only there's only four more years left of huge contracts to the two guys that you just mentioned. One of them you can move in two years. So. You know, if we'll, even we'll has see. value at that point. Listen, his value his value is up right now nationally. He got yeah. you, you gave him a B minus. I and I would agree with you on the B minus because again, he had he made plays in the in the first two series that changed momentum. He's got to get faster in both games and in and in the series themselves. So. For those he reasons, needs to, he needs to go to whatever skating school Victor Hedman goes to because Victor oh. Hedman is a big defenseman. Truba. Well, we just we just and he we needs just hired to hire a skating there. coach. Is uh, she a skating coach? Is yes. that what, is that her, what her position yeah. is? Okay. Uh-huh. Well, then he needs to. I mean, then Lafreniere, Kako, and him all need to go to that. Well, did you hear Lafreniere and, talk about that? Yeah, I heard him talk yeah. about that. So he's acknowledged that that's what he needs to work on. Um, me personally. I'm cutting bait with um, with Nemeth. Obviously, that's a given. And they talk about buying him out, which they're not going to buy him out. Who, Why? You got you to remember. You got to always remember what outlets you're hearing stupid stuff from. 
But I've heard no, that, I saw that in two different places. It's stupid. You give up a fourth okay. round pick to a team that needs to reach the south. Ben Bishop just got moved for for, for future considerations. Yeah, but he doesn't have two two years left, and then Bishop's contract a lot of is being paid by insurance. You I don't can, know. You can send money to somebody to pay the money. It's just about I don't the know. cap we space. Have to, we have this. We have to get clarification on that. We got to find out because I, I yeah. knew you were going to say that when when yeah. I brought this up. And the other guy that I just don't think. I mean, again, he's a cheerleader and all that other uh, stuff. Reeves, I don't. Yeah. I, Ryan Reeves needs to go. Ryan Reeves, you need someone. You need somebody that a, a Pat Maroon type, a Corey Perry type player who can mix it up and can play. What you if can't his impact have a guy that can't play okay. in big games? But what if his impact in the locker room has more has more of an impact than we know? We'll never know the answer to this, but they do. I, Sean, I get it. But Ryan Strom's, Ryan Strom's, no one's more liked on this team than Ryan Strom. Correct? It's not about liked. It's not about liked. It's about just leadership. You don't I, think I, Ryan Strom's a leader in the locker room after four years? No, he's, he's an one ultimate of them. captain. He's, he's one of them. I'm just saying. I, that, I don't. To me, a guy that's played on, on the team for one year, he plays eight minutes a night, he's replaceable. I, I, I mean, listen, I, I never liked the signing to begin with. He proved me wrong during the regular season. I thought he had a very solid regular season. I don't like what I saw in the playoffs. I don't think he had a good playoffs at all. I mean, I don't think he made an impact. And then other than game one against Pittsburgh, where he was crushing John Marino, I don't think he played well at all. A lot of bad penalties, a lot of offensive zone penalties, slow to the puck. I just I just don't think you can win with this with this guy. I think you need a guy that can play. It's a million and a half dollars to this team. That's Tyler Mott. That's Tyler Mott's salary essentially for next year. So I, that's just me. I, I know I may be picking on maybe the wrong person, but you saw it. The fourth lines of teams. Maybe he retires. <sighs> He's already talking about hiring a coach to keep up with the young players. He said that in his exit interview yesterday with the media. He's 36 years old. I just don't get it. I never understood giving him an extension to begin with. Stupid. Again, it's another stupid thing. The Nemeth and, and the Reeves extension were the two dumbest things Drury did last okay. year. But uh, you know, other than that, he pushed all the right buttons. He pushed all the right buttons, yeah. Well, I mean, Sammy Blake getting hurt is not his fault. But, Correct. You know, three out, of the, three out of the four moves he made in the offseason blew up in his face. And four of the four moves he made at the trade deadline were – Phenomenal. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why. You know. I mean, you, you can't yeah. grade a GM based off of of, of of one of one off season or one trade deadline. And they weren't like heavily popular moves. It wasn't like Cop he went was. out. And, Cop was by people like us. I don't know about nationally. Oh, Nash. Oh, God. Yes, Sean. Nationally. So? I mean, they. Oh my God. They had him on the. Uh, there was like a thing with trade trade central, and he was like in the middle. Well, he made four moves. No one else made that many moves, so he was automatically. No, get- I'm talking about cop in, as as, oh, as a okay. trade. Got it. Got it. No, cop was cop was very high, very highly touted by a lot of people. But I'm um, saying normally when we make a move like that, it's it's we would have made the move for Shifley, or we would have paid the price for JT Miller. Like it would have been the bigger splash. Where he right. went and got role players instead of the big splash. Like, well, we didn't need we didn't need that, and I don't think that player was out there. I mean, we didn't need you know, Eric we, Stahl. We, we went out and got Eric Stahl. We needed a role player, and they went out and got a you know. Well, a, Eric Stahl a, became because Eric Stahl they got him for next to nothing. They got him for two second round picks and Anthony and uh, Alexi uh, Sala. 
So, yeah, Sorella. Sorella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's because Eric Stoll wasn't going to play anywhere else. So, uh, and I, again, I still I still feel that Eric Stoll was poorly used by Vigneault, but that's another story. Oh, he was. But we went out and got a, a, a superstar name. It wasn't a superstar anymore, but we went out and got the superstar name as opposed to getting the role player that went out. Right, and that was in 16, right? Is that when they lost to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. five? Yes. Right. Right. Though, you know what? A lot of times those don't work. I mean, no. remember when San Luis came over, it took him a long mm-hmm. time to get adjusted. What do you have, two goals in the regular season, something like that? Right. It's it's very hard. Um, Especially you play in one place for that long. And Vetrano stepped right into a top six role, and Cop stepped into a top six role. And those, the top six was great. Cop and really, really played very well for them. Um, to again. the point where they both priced themselves out of, be, of, of staying here. I mean, if, probably. Again, really, for the next few weeks is really where we're going to touch on like the reshaping of the roster. But just to put out there, if Cop was going to. Take like a four by four, keep him all day long. It's just there's no way he's gonna he's gonna get more than that. To me, Panarin is is your focal point. I think that's the guy that needs you need to. I understand he does he he makes other players better, and I get that. But you saw in this playoff specifically when they bottled him in, he had no outlet. Right. You need to give him an outlet. You need to give him a a big bodied center. And I know Keith Primo is not walking through the door, but you need that type of person or that type of player, whether it's Blake Wheeler or JT Miller. I don't know. Shifley, I guess, would be maybe on the periphery of that type of guy. But they need a guy with a center with size. He's 6'2 or 6'3, Shifley. Okay. When I, when I think of a big center, he's not really he's not really who I would think of. I mean, Eric Stahl, Jordan Stahl, you know, those are the type of guys I think about. But I think that a big center to play with Panarin – who could kind of just maybe go to the net, create some space for him. I just think these small guys that Panarin plays with just don't work. Right. I think he needs I think he needs to add some size to that lining and give him some room out there. I would rather have a skilled, a big like I Shy, to me, Shifley and JT Miller are the two guys that they really have to target for that spot. And then you can use Kraftsauber, either Kraftsauber or Kako, who are both guys that can win puck battles on the boards that have enough skill to play with other skilled players. What you know? You I sent you I sent you that link yesterday about that, the guy from Vancouver talking about JT Miller. Right? Did you did you listen to it? Yeah. Okay. What did you think of his assessment of the package and all that other stuff? I I agree with it. I agree that you 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 hold firm on. Well, let, what, let's just so for well, people didn't hear for people okay. that didn't hear it was the it was the fan five ninety in Vancouver. Yes. Is that, so was was that a, what it was? It was, a, it was Nils Lundqvist, a first round pick. And then he was either Kratzoff or Kittel or something right, like that. Something like that. And we offered it. And it was it was turned down by Vancouver, who, in all fairness, they had just brought in Boudreaux. They were rolling at the time. They were only a few points out of a playoff spot. And they were trying to make the playoffs and ultimately failed and screwed themselves a little bit out of uh, what they're going to get back from Miller now. Because now well, there's the, only the, one, one year left for Miller. Exactly. That was, that was his whole point. So apparently, like, listen, I don't know if they're still shopping him. Right. I mean, to me, he fits the bill to a T because he's already played here and he, he right. he's very versatile. He can kill penalties. He can play center. He can play the wing. He can kill. I mean, he can play on the power play. To me, he slides into Ryan Strom's spot seamlessly. Yeah. The question right. is, is what 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 is it going to cost you? And, you know, from what they said, um. 
you know, it, it's not it, they're not going to get anything more than they than they were already being offered. They're not getting Braden Schneider. Now no. they want Braden Schneider. They're not going to get Braden Schneider. Now, will would they would the Rangers consider trading Hoffman in, instead of he since he's a younger player? Would they consider trading him? The Rangers have a, a plethora of wings. Right. I mean, Sean, can they please draft some fucking centers on this team? I mean, we're going to get into the draft. We, we know we're three weeks from the draft, but yeah. there's they have no center. I'm still always, I'm still always going to be a best player available guy, and they do have Ryder Korzak, who I think is going to be an NHL center. So okay, there is see. there is one out there. Right, right. But another dynamic, got, another dynamic you could actually come up with, and only because of the way I saw him play in the playoff series, an absolute monster, is you can have JT Miller almost play the Andrew Kopp role, where he's a right wing who takes faceoffs. And you could have Panarin, Miller, and you could have Filipito as your, as your 2C because he won't be burdened with having to take the faceoffs, but, but can play the middle, be that big body. Because, listen, he's, there were still times where he still – misses on opportunities but he also capitalized on some in the playoffs and he was huge the way he, he played huge. the body the speed through the neutral zone i mean panarin can't skate the puck through the neutral zone anymore let's face it panarin gets the puck at, at the defensive blue line and makes that quick chip pass into the middle and tries to get it back somewhere around the blue yeah. line where he curls back we, we anyone who's watched 10 ranger games you know in the, this year knows exactly the play i'm talking about because it's all he does Right. So if he could play with Heedle, who can skate through the neutral zone, draw attention to himself, and then get it to Panarin where he actually might have space, and you have JT Miller on the other side, you, you might have something. But you know, and now but again, that's that becomes a wing spot that gets taken up where you know Kako, Kraftsov are gonna compete. The 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 conundrum with Othman is he can't go to Hartford. Right. And that's really where he belongs. I don't think he will be here next year. I, do I don't know because if Cooley. There's nothing left for him to do in juniors. Sean, you really think, do you really think this team is going to war with all of these young guys? And I understand they just played in the playoffs. I understand that they've now Kako and Lafreniere are going to be here three and four years. And Heel's going to be here six years. And, you know, Kratzoff is, you know, going to be 22 or 23 years old now or however old he is now. Do you want to know why I say yes to this? You can't have all these young guys. You can't have every do, one of them. You can't all want, be here. Do you want to know why I say yes to all this? Why? Because I think the team, for, for what they have right now, if you filled in with all these kids, they're still a playoff team. And we just saw the transformation that this team was able to make at the trade deadline. And next oh. year's trade deadline will be later in the season than this year's was because of the Olympic break. So you're going to see less games that it's, are going to be it's needed. Going to be earlier in the season. No, they played twenty game, twenty plus games with uh, the new guys. I know, this year. but le- this year was in March. Next year should be back into February. But how many games will be remaining? I, that I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, they, if they start on time, which I believe they're going to start at the beginning yes. of October, opposed to starting in the middle of October. Correct. I don't know how much any games are going to be left, but. The trade deadline's normally around the 28th or so of right. February. It was like the 15th of March. Right, but, but the we, season, had that three, we had that three-week break for the Olympics. Right, so everything was condensed. And the season's right. usually over April, April 2nd, 1st. Yeah. April 1st, somewhere right. in there. So it should only be four weeks and not a not an Olympic break year four weeks of right. games. Right. So right, you might right. only be looking at like 12, 13 games. So you can still get Othman and these guys 
a ton of games played this year while bringing in veteran reserves at the at the trade deadline that are really going to be the guys who are going to go to battle should an Othman, should a Cooley, should a Kravtsov not really fit or be ready for the you know for playoff hockey. Because I think okay. that they're going to be a playoff, they're going to be a playoff caliber team with or without you know moves at this point. Like, like so, that. let's let's have some fun for a second. Sure. So, just based off of the guys, say they don't sign anybody, they bring back this team as presently well, no, they're constituted. Gonna, they're gonna they're gonna get well, a, a two seat. Let's just let's just okay. say for argument's sake, how would you construct? So, is Philip Hedl your second line center? I'm still trying to get a second line center. Okay. So Kako and Lafreniere. So Kako's going to play on line two. Lafreniere's playing on line one. Kratzos playing on line three. It would seem that way. Okay. And then you can have Othman as your left Goudreau, wing. Goudreau's your third line. Uh, so say the, so they're going to get a second line center. So, so let's leave that blank for a minute. So Heedle's your second line center. You could have an Othman, Heedle, Kratzos third line. With Sam Bland, your fourth line. Yes, with Goudreau. And then you still need you still no matter what they still need to add two forwards. Well, Kratz right. is one of them. Well, all right. So Kratz, but you have to replace Cop, Mont, and Vitrano. Okay. So you have Kratz and Rooney. And Rooney. That's too many guys already that you're listing in the lineup because they wouldn't all well, be in the lineup. Well, t- I see you're penciling off minutes in the lineup, which I would be shocked if he's placed on this team next year. Shocked. Not with Kratzoff. Not with all these young guys already here. Well, Kratzoff's 22. He's not gone. young anymore. <laughs> He's young. He's still young by the standards. I mean, still young by the standards by the NHL. But I, I don't. I personally don't think that they're going to go with all these younger under twenty five players for the entire season. Now, gonna, one of them, one of them could be gone. It's it's definitely a possibility. And they also have to replace. You know, if Nemeth is gone, they're going to have to replace him. With Robertson, Robertson or Jones is going to get that spot. I uh, I have a feeling they're going to bring a veteran to play on that last pair. That's my opinion. I'm not, but Zach Bogosian, Ron Hainsey type defenseman is going to play on that bottom pair. See, to me, that happens at the deadline. That doesn't happen to start the season. You want to well, see if you can get if you can get Brandon Smith next year for 800k. You bringing him in? Yes, as a seventh as, as a seventh defenseman, not as my sixth defenseman. Well, again, I want I mean, to see one he, of those two kids shift in and out. Whether it's Robertson, whether it's Zach Jones, right. I honestly think Zach Jones is a step ahead of Robertson. You, you and I've seen this: the offensive defenseman, for whatever for whatever reason, in the NHL, always seems to progress quicker than the defensive defenseman. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, Schneider stepped right the fuck in and was ready right. to go but from day one. Look at Michael Delzato at eighteen. You know, I mean, Fox stepped in and pretty much. Well, with, yeah, if you, have speed and, if you have speed and Cam skill, Fowler, those are things you're going to see. It always, I always felt like the, offen- the offensive defenseman, when they, for whatever reason, you would think that it wasn't the case, but the offensive defenseman always seemed to get better quicker than the than the defensive defenseman. You don't think that's just because it's ta- it's tangible? Like you're able to see Delzato, you know, skate end to end. You're able to see some of these some of these offensive defensemen just show skill, but you're you're not really weighing the things that you're not seeing or the things that, you know, cause we're watching on TV and not watching game film or being at the right. game, seeing right. the whole ice that you're not seeing, you know, as far as get, you know, playing their gaps, standing guys up the blue line, how they're battling in corners, stuff like that. Um, I, I, personally, 
I, I, I would really hope that they, that they groom Robertson for that role. I don't see Zach Jones being an answer for playoff hockey. I just don't, you know, we, we they're have, gonna, they're, they're going to have to move some guys because obviously at some point you're not going to be able to keep all, all of these players. Right. And I don't know where I read it or where I heard and the it. The longer they hang around, yeah, the that's value goes. Yep. That's that's one hundred percent true. And if you did also hear that Henrik uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Nels Lundqvist does have a lot of value around the league still. Yes, he does. So as you should, you may need to move him sooner than later. It just it just um, comes down to fit for our team. We already have Fox there, but there are not a lot of teams that have that have an Adam Fox that 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 have their their power play quarterback you know set in stone. Right. So it's right. almost like having Jones. I'll speak more specifically with Jones since the left side is where the vacancy is. Right. Because um, th- I've had this conversation with people on Twitter uh, the last two days about this. He doesn't serve value to us because he's going to play on a third pair. So he's going to get 13 to 15 minutes a night. He's uh-huh. not going to play on power play one. So am I going to sacrifice my third pair's defensive abilities so that my power play two that plays 15 to 30 seconds of power play gets out there, you know, is maybe upgraded when truthfully for myself, I want to see Keandre Miller be on the second power play. If anything. Yeah. They got to take Trouble off the second power play. Right. So that's the other thing. So which I, I'm disappointed I just, with, which I thought, he, I really thought with that shot that he would be more, but he, he just, doesn't get it through. And when he, he doesn't, doesn't get, get it, through. it through and it gets blocked, it gets blocked. he can't yeah, recover. He can't, he can't recover. Right. Good Miller point. can recover. So, I, that's why I can't have Trouba on the power play anymore. But yeah, no, good point. I just don't see I don't see a use. Not that Jones can't play; it just doesn't serve what we need. And there's value for you know for the skill set that he has around the league, right? So let someone else capitalize on that. So someone's like, oh, he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, he may wind up being a better player than Robertson, but we don't need him to play in our top four. Right. And we're not going to need him to play in our top four in the in the foreseeable future. So Robertson is more of a fit for what we need. So capitalize on that. Great. You, yeah. In the third round, you drafted a very high asset. Capitalize. Doesn't have to play for us. And if he wants up being to, uh, too small and wants up being a bust, then you alleviated yourself for that, and you got so, and you got something of value in return. And the same with Nils. Nils doesn't have he he just does not have a spot here. He's not beating out Truba. He's not beating out Fox, and he's not beating out Schneider. It's it's that simple. They're gonna have to. Uh, they're gonna have to figure out this this whole situation because it's it's starting to get crowded fast, right? And I think teams know that they have to trade people, and it just makes it worse. Well, it doesn't you know make I mean? it worse. It doesn't make it worse because they they don't have to trade them in a sense of cap moves. No, none of them are making any money. And they're still on the team control. So they don't need to, to move them in that aspect. They need to move them as in we we have needs of our own and these are our chips. And they know which chips those are, but that doesn't decrease their value. So it's not like it's not like a guy it's not like a guy's in the last year of his contract and it's a UFA and all right, you need to move them or you're gonna lose them. We're not gonna lose anybody. They can go to Hartford. You know, so yeah, I just, I just sometimes I, I, I question when a player isn't good enough to be on your team. Does do other teams then turn around and say, well, he's not good enough to be on your team and play in your lineup? So why would we want him? We want someone off your roster. 
because he's. I mean, just that's not, a lot of times. It's what happens. He's just not Schneider, who's might be the most coveted young defenseman, not named Mo Sider in the league. So, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to see what happens with that. But uh, Schneider, listen, Schneider is a, a, a solid player. He's uh, he's he's strong on the puck. He's you know he's learning it and he's learning how to how to play, and he's doing well. So Braden Braden Schneider, I agree with you. Braden Schneider is uh, is the is the guy that's very highly touted and. You know, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I, I would I wouldn't trade him, especially the fact that he's cost control for the next two years. I'm I'm not trading Braden Schneider for anyone at this point. There was right. a reason they traded up for him. Um, you know, so we're we're gonna we're gonna see. I mean, there there are I mean for everyone who I mean from what I've read and what I've heard, they, oh we're not it's gonna be very quiet. It's gonna be like last year. It might be might and it might not be. I mean you and I, you and I sat here one year ago last year, and we thought we were going to see fireworks. We thought we were going to see Matt Kachuk. We thought we were going to see Jack Eichel, and you know all this fun stuff. And essentially, we got the the miraculous Barkley Goodrow trade for you know uh, a seventh round pick. And I think we were pretty much disappointed for the rest of the off season. Right, I think right. you and I were just waiting for stuff that never happened. So, uh, who knows? Maybe this is the off season where things kind of really get interesting. But I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say they're not going to sit. Not they're not going to blow it up. But maybe they add something that you and I just never expected them to do. Maybe it's someone out of left field. But well, we won't know because Drury, Drury keeps. He hasn't even spoken to the media yet. I'm I'm dying to hear. Yeah. So how many times you're gonna? How, how many times do you think we're gonna hear? Uh, we're gonna look into it. It's a process. Uh, I'm going to talk to people. We're going to look at every avenue to try to improve the right. team. We're going to do no stone unturned. The same cookie cutter bullshit. Due diligence. We're going to do our due diligence. We're going to talk to everybody. Uh, we think we have a good team. Uh, you know, we have some good young players coming out. I mean, I could sit here and we, you and I could probably sit here and just do jury's press conference. And not even bother listening to him because we know exactly what he's going to say right. already. Well, that's why – so so Rock asked me over the weekend, uh, are we going to record Tuesday? Do you want to wait for Jury to have his press conference first? I go, for what? He's not going to say a word. <laughs> he's going to smile. He, they're going to well, throw the bouquets at him. Yeah. He's going to thank you. He's going to say yeah. thank you to everybody. Yeah. You, he's going to give the old Jim Carrey from The Mask, you really love me. You really, really love me. Yeah. You know, he's he's going to take his bow and he's going to say all the things Rock just said. So what yeah. – He's not going to reveal anything. Yeah, he's going to get asked about Kako's benching. He's not going to. Re- he's not going to talk about that. He's not going to talk about anything. Oh, he's going to ask. Oh, are the young players going to play in the top six? Right. Of he's course get they asked are. All of right. course, they're they all going be. to play in the first line. All three of them. They're going to demote them. everyone else. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I get it. He's not going to sit here and tip his hand. He's not going to say yes. We're going out for a second line. I mean, right. I, I remember Kalaji had a chance of getting something out of. No, nah, even a chance. Him. Even him. him. Drury, you're not getting him. a thing out of. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't know if you get anything out of Gallant either. He's, you know, uh, him and his uh, his codes and however he speaks in riddles. Yeah. But uh, I remember, I think it was Jeff Gordon two or three years ago said, "Ah, oh, you know, we're probably not going to do any free agency. We're probably going to look to 
you know, to make go look more on the trade market. So now, like everyone's, you know, you know, rubbing right. their hands together. This guy's gonna get traded. Nothing. Yeah, they did nothing. Right, nothing. So listen, I mean, there's gonna be moves. There's gonna be someone. You know, the Jared Tenortis of the world are probably gonna be though. That type of guy is gonna probably come rolling through the door as depth. They need a backup goalie. You know, Thomas Grice. So there are gonna be moves. You know, seventh defenseman. Backup, backup goalie is going to happen. Yep. Second line center. Uh, so those are three moves you know for sure that this Will team happen. is going to make. Right. Everything else, we're going to have to wait and see. Yep. But it, it's exciting, and I, and I know I know you and I, you, you and I are, are, are we're going to be thinking about maybe doing a, a free agent show. Uh, we're going to try to do something like that. Um, we'll figure something out with that, but. We this is our this is our this is our Christmas you know this is our holiday we love this kind of stuff so it's fortunate that we only have like I said three weeks to the draft um, and four weeks to free agency so it's going to be fun uh, for four weeks we do what we didn't mention was tonight's the twentieth twenty eighth anniversary of the Rangers Stanley Cup yeah I was trying to stay away from it <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it does it does it blow your mind though that it's twenty eight years. We're more is than it, halfway to fifty-four years. Is it more is than it halfway crazy? there? So if we get to so if we get to if so another 25, 26 years will get us to fifty-four years. So I'll be God, sixty sixty-eight years old. You That's think we're scary. going to Vegas at that point? <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I could probably get away with it. My wife will be begging me to leave the house. Maybe. Maybe I mean, and, t- and take your daughter with you. <laughs> you know, you get a, uh, you know, you get, you see, you get this close. So, just backtrack for a second. So, you know me, most negative person on the planet. I started. They got me, Sean. They got me big time, and I didn't talk about this in the intro, but I was starting to think of a parade. I was starting to think about a trip down the Canyon of Heroes. Looking at my schedule, when did well if they won, you know, if they if they sweep or if they win in five, I mean, when when would when would the Stanley Cup final start and when would it end and this, that, and the other thing? And they got me. They got me. And I you know me, I never until the last until they're hoisting the cup, I will never think this team is ever gonna win. But they got me. They fucking they got me so good this year. And this is why I am negative with this team. It's my way of coping with the potential loss. It's, I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds juvenile. I know I come off negative guys get mad at me guys on Twitter, guys and girls. They don't like the fact that I'm so negative about that team, but this is why I need to be this way because when I get excited, Nothing ever seems to come good at come come good from it. So right. this is kind of my own way of coping with a potential catastrophic loss. And this will, despite how great this season was, this was a colossal, a huge, um, colossal loss in Ranger right. history. We're going to talk about this for a long time. The Ryan Strom missed goal is something we're going to talk about forever. The Palat game winner in game three is something we're going to talk about forever. I think those are the two signature goals or signature plays. Moments. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're the ones that turned it. I mean, we were still, we were headed to overtime in game three. 
And if you win in overtime in game three, you're up three nothing. Odds are you win the series. If Strom- odds are, Sean. Odds are you win the series. But they did, did lose four straight, which they, they only had done straight. once this season. And that was yeah. the, the last four four or five games, uh, four of the last five games of the season where they lost right. four in a row when they were resting guys and they already had clinched. Yeah. But this team had not lost four straight. And I and I have been quoted, I've I've said up and down where I, the faith that I had in the Rangers making a deep run was I just don't see a team beating Igor four times in seven games. Well, a team beat Igor four times in four games, so yeah, yeah it, it did happen. It uh it and did he happen. lost three out of seven twice. So they went ten and ten in the playoffs. Did you imagine that? They they went to game six of the of the of you know Eastern Conference Finals. They went ten right. and ten. Well, you can so win a cup two playoff going, series. You could you could play four games over five hundred to win a cup. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So. It's, I'll tell you, I, I, they got me, and they never do. They they haven't got me that good in a in, in a really maybe since. And I'll be honest with you, I I might have been more confident going into this series against Colorado than I would have been going against than I was going against LA. But they wow. did it against us in LA too. I mean, two nothing going into that game. I mean, leads blown, giving up goals. I mean, it's just it's just the way this this franchise doesn't just lose; it loses with style. They've always done it. It's it's always they don't just they don't just rip your heart out of your chest. Right? They rip it out, throw it on the ground, spike it, and then stomp on it. You know, it, it's never just like. You know, a quick rip of the Band-Aid. It's always, you know, excruciating. They drag you. They drag your heart through everything. And that's what it's cost about being a sports fan. Sounds about right. But I rec- I'm going to be honest with you. I recovered from this much better because of the young players. Right. That that was my – what I felt was, you know what, the young guys really well, came your, through. Your line for the last – since we started the show – it's a line that I, I've understood and run with and agreed with is the you just don't know. And you just don't know who these guys are until we see them in the playoffs. And we saw Ryan Strom in the playoffs, and we know. We saw Keandre Miller in the playoffs, and we know. We saw Lafreniere and how he handled the physical play of the playoffs. He didn't score, though, after the Pittsburgh series. But he didn't back. I mean, he went after Stan. No. He fought. Stan, no. he fought. Stamkos, but that for this was, team to, but for Sean, for this team to win, they need him to score yes, goals. I, I, I get that, I and that's fine. That. Listen, I'm not, I'm not criticizing the young players from the beginning had a complete pass for me from this, from this. But they all stepped up playoffs. and showed that they, but they all that, played well. That the playoffs aren't, it wasn't too big for them. Heedle no. played his best hockey we've ever seen in the playoffs. He had more goals in the playoffs than than he did in the regular season. I think two. Or he tied. He had five in the playoffs. I think he had seven in the regular season. He only had five? No, he had eight, didn't he? Thought Did he only he had five. Than, yeah, all right, I'll look that up. You're probably right. I've been I've been really off with everything tonight. Uh, let's look that up. Uh, anyway, listen. I mean, he he, uh, he well played well over his head. Yeah. He had seven in the playoffs. He had eight, eight in the eight regular, in regular season. season. Okay. Okay. The one guy, the one guy where I'm still, and this is going to sound so bad because no he had so many since fucking, game one against Tampa. Just yeah. to put that into perspective, Listen, 
Adam Fox had a ton of points in the playoffs, a ton, and uh, almost historic rate. And that's great, and it's needed. He just there's just so many times in games where he still just leaves so much to be desired. Whether it's his inability to get the puck out of the zone, Fox twenty three points, and in, in the games, last three games which is, against which Tampa, is incredible. This is well again. You, I know you don't put too much credence into 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 plus minus, but he was a minus five in the last three games combined. Right. Zero points, nothing. But I saw it all throughout the whole postseason. Like there there were games against Pittsburgh where I'm just like, you're giving this guy nine and a half million dollars and he doesn't dominate a game. Like Zibanejad, so twenty four points, no points in the last three games. Well, then again, they only scored three goals. Right, Toronto, so, Pernarin, no, and uh, and right. Ryan so nobody, so nobody had points. So nobody, nobody really put up any points. Yeah. What I will say though is, I mean, I'm not really sure what Toronto's contract would be. I mean, I go back and forth with him, but the, his shoot first mentality is something that they're going to have to try to find that type of player somewhere because but this team here, doesn't shoot enough. Here's my only issue with, with resigning Vetrano. I love the player and I think he'll be affordable. I don't think people are knocking down his door to hand them three and a half to $4 million. I just don't. I think he's no. established who he is in the NHL <laughs> at this point. Teams see it. Teams know it. Teams aren't going to invest in it. They're going to find a younger version of him. Right. And, and go that route. So I think that he could be had for a two to three year deal at, you know, Two seven five to three five. I don't think they're going to lock up any any wingers in the top six for. Well, that's for, what I was just going to say is if if you're going to give him that contract, yeah. Are you going to give him that contract to play in your bottom six? No. So you don't want to type that type of money into essentially an offensive type of player in your bottom six. So just a funny little sidebar because I wanted to see sure. how many teams were over the cap for next season. So. Just so cap friendly for everyone. I'm sure that everyone's been on it has popular buyouts. Patrick Nemeth right now is number four. <laughs> Who is number one? Thames. Zach Cassian. Wow. Zach Cassian's number one. God, God bless uh, Canada. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. So on listed in the top. Uh, Six out of the eight are Canadian teams. Yeah. Zach Cassian, Duncan Keith, Peter Razik, then Nemeth, Philip Myers, Rangers in Nashville, obviously. John Tavares is on here. <laughs> Kerry Price is on here. Wow. And Matt Murray. So just an interesting – I just thought that was funny. That's funny. So I just wanted to see how many teams – I mean, there are so many teams that are at or over the cap. I mean – there are, I mean, there are so many teams, and there's guys that need to be signed. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, you got like so a team like Minnesota has seven million dollars in cap space, but they have so many. They have a ton of restricted guys. Yeah, they have so much money tied up. Oh God, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's so many teams that are that are all over the cap or so close to the cap, mm-hmm. so there's not going to be that much room for these guys to make a lot of a lot of you know moves. So right. guys are going to get squeezed. But again, I just don't, I don't want to give if I'm going to if I'm going to give someone in my bottom six three million dollars per se, right? Right. I'm going to want it to be another like a, a Goudreau type player. 
I'm going to want to make sure I keep Mott if it takes 2.25 to keep him. I'm going to I want to make sure he's going to take that much. I think but it's I'm going to take more term did, than if it did. Money. I'd rather sign Mott for 2.25 than Petrano for three. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought him up for a second. So uh, you know me, I'm a huge Mott fan. I I, yep. I, I like the trade. I thought it was a solid pickup. I think he he saved their ass yep. against In Pittsburgh. Hundred percent. Um. Do you think that for what you saw from him against Tampa Bay, him being as small as he is, did that hurt, did that hurt them, or do they need somebody bigger on that fourth line? No, um, I, I think that he's a perfect contrast to play with Goudreau, who's bigger because okay. he's faster. I'll tell you, you put Goudreau, Blay, and and Mott as your fourth line. That's I mean, ins- that's they're gonna that's punish incredible. the shit out of and they can score right. That's the well, thing. Well, that's not Ma- throwing Ma- three. No, but Ma- as a really line, not a goal scorer. I'm saying How many as points a, has Mott had in this. What's I, his best season? I'm, I'm saying as a line though, like Blake can score, Goudreau can score. So you're putting. That's not putting. Uh, you know, three you know goons on a line and saying go get them. You're putting three guys that could all forecheck, hit, and put the puck in the net. Yeah. So I'm just looking at Mott's. Career statistics. Um, the most points he's ever had was 16 in 74 games in Vancouver. But he Nine showed an ability. But he showed an ability to get in there on the forecheck and keep the puck deep. He had a very good year and this year. 15 points in 49 games with Vancouver. He had a very good season for them this year. He's not a goal scorer by any means, but he can skate with the puck. So when you have Blay and Goudreau, who maybe that's not their forte having Mott be the guy who could actually possess it and the other two work deep and get to the net and, you know, create havoc. That's a line I yeah. think that that could work, but most we'll, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for bringing him back. Uh, Brooks has been on record as the Rangers love him and they, they want to bring him back. You know, well, we're going to have to, uh, well, he's also, to he's also going to be the most affordable of all the guys that they got at the deadline. If you, because he ask- doesn't score. If you would have asked me uh, at the um, at the end of the season if I thought Andrew Kopp was coming back, I would have said I would put it at, at like 65, 70%. I would have put it at that higher number just based off of how he played down the stretch, the right. points he was putting up, his face-offs, all of that stuff. Now, was he hurt? He probably was. We're gonna we're oh, we're gonna find out. Oh, he definitely played with a groin injury the whole playoffs. Well, well, nothing, nothing was announced. The only person, the only two people we know definitively that were injured were Goudreau and Strong. Right. No one else so far has gotten any other injuries that we we're aware of. Right. We, we both, we, you and I both thought Panarin was hurt. You know, you and I both thought Cop was hurt. Ryan Lindgren obviously had something going on. I never thought Panarin was hurt. I I did. Well, he was I, hurt towards the end of the season. That's why he sat out the last how many games of the season. To me, he looked the same as he looked all year, just with less space to operate. It, same speed. He did, he did. I mean, same maybe, moves. I don't know. Same passes. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe that's what I'm right. hoping for. The thing with him is, I, and like I said at I the beginning Str- of the show, the one thing I can say for Panarin, I think Strom having a lower uh, pelvic injury and Cop having a groin injury. They were less spry to get to spots that they needed to get to for Panarin to be able to be effective. That's well, the one pass I think I could give. I could understandably give to Panarin. Panarin. Panarin's getting a pass for me for this playoffs. Okay, he scored the overtime winner. We gave Gabrick a pass. Two thousand twelve. He gets a pass for this right. for this playoff. 
You love your fluffy head Russian. That's it. That's it. Well, he did score 96 points. You do need him to produce for you and score for you in the regular season. You and do. that is the problem, Sean. That is the problem. You, you make your – you and I both said this a million times. You make your bones in the playoffs. Right. You know, they always said this about Estetikinen. We mm-hmm. wish – you wish you could put him in a closet and keep him there until the playoffs roll around because he really wasn't a great regular season player. But when the playoffs came, he was money. Right. It was money. I mean, there were a lot of guys like that. Claude Lemieux is the guy that comes to Claude mind. Claude Lemieux is another guy. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of guys. But, you know, you need you still need his production in the regular season. What, you, what this team needs to do is they need to find him a center who I think is a little more physical, who can give this guy some room. I mean, that's it. I mean, I mentioned Blake Wheeler. I know he has an astronomical contract. He's not a center, though. Blake he's a wing. Wing is a center. He's a wing. He plays center, I thought. Always a wing. I'm going to look that up. He's 6'5". He's huge, but he's a wing. Why did I think he played center? Oh, really? I'm really batting a 1,000 tonight, dude. I, I, <laughs> fuck me. It, yeah. uh, it says right wing center on here. Yeah. Shifley, Stastny, Pierre Dubois. Right yeah, he's I'm always here, been a wing. Oh, I'm just I'm just going by what it says on the on the website. It says right wing center. I thought he played center. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, he he to me, but he's he's 35 years old, and I think he still has uh, he still has three two years, years left. left. Two two years at 8.2 8.25 million. So even at 50, that's so. still too much money. Yeah, it's too much money. Shifley is 29. He has uh, 6.125 for two years. At two years. Yep. That's yeah. why that's the guy, man. That's him and JT it's are the him, two guys. It's him or JT Miller. Obviously, those are the two guys that I think fit the bill uh-huh. the most. Problem is with those two guys is that you need to – you're going to have to give us something substantial. So, so it's fine. I it's just fine. don't – We I don't, have to me, I don't think you can give – I don't think you can get one, either of those guys without giving up – without giving up – without giving up Kako personally. I think defensemen are going to be more asked for than a wing. Just my thought on it. Again, Nils Long, does Nils Longquist move the needle that much? Nils a first. And Heedle. Maybe it's Heedle. You willing to trade up Heedle? I don't know. After what I just, truthfully, after what I just saw, I don't know. But remember with Heedle, he's might, he might actually – Play well, but you only get him in sixty games every year. He does get hurt at all times. 60, 65 games. Yeah. I mean, that's he does you know, always get hurt. I, I just remember he reminds me a lot of Simone Gagne. Simone Gagne was a phenomenal player when the guy was healthy, but you never had him for eighty games, eighty-two games, never. So that's what we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure comment. out. Yeah. So we're gonna see, and I promise I'm gonna do better homework next week and come up with better shit. <laughs> Sped. Oh man! All right, so let's uh, let's wrap this up for tonight. Um, yep. We're gonna look to get uh, guests on since you know the games are over and it's not really just us reflecting on games. Right. Uh, we're gonna talk to uh, a couple of guests that you guys are familiar with already, with Steve Cornianos uh, for the draft analyst. Uh, we'll have him on to talk mostly Rangers, but we'll get some draft conversation in there as well with them. Right. And same with Russ Cohen uh, from Sportsology. We would love to. You know, Russ is great to talk about 
you know, the Rangers. It'd be cool if, you know, by the time we have him on, if Tortorella's hired for Philly, because I'm sure Russell's going to love that. You saw, you saw Bruce Cassidy got hired by Vegas, right? Yeah. You're, it's funny. The guy who runs our hockey league is a huge Bruins fan. So I was bullshitting with him on the phone the other day. And uh, he's like, I don't understand how they fired the coach. I'm like, yeah, Cassidy's going to be going to be a free agent for, for 24 hours and you get hired. And there you go. Got hired, what, three days after getting fired? Um, I, I'm guessing that Trotz did not want to go to Vegas. Which, you know, it's funny because I, I would have assumed he would have been signed already with, with Winnipeg. I think that was where you and I, where you, you know, we, t- we talked about that he wanted to go closer to home. But I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see what happens with that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So next week, um, I don't know if we'll get a guest for next week, but you know, definitely over the next month, you want to at least get one guest and uh, make this the summer of guests a little bit. Yeah. And we're going to work on YouTube. We're going to work and see if we can get YouTube going. This way we could have some live interaction with you guys while Mm. also keeping this format. So we got to figure out how to do it and it can be done because other shows do it. We just got to learn how. So we'll figure it out. Yep. Until next time, guys. You know, it was a great season. We thank you guys for uh, sitting in for the for year one of what we hope to be many, and yep. uh, start a year two. It starts today. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it later, guys. Later.